Welcome to The Step, a podcast for and about unstoppable women. I'm your host, comedian Ego Wodem. This season, we're celebrating those women who boldly take up space and relentlessly push forward in pursuit of their dreams. This episode of The Step by Pop Sugar is presented by Sorel Footwear. Just like any athlete, ballet dancers spend their entire lives training and pushing themselves to take center stage. I always wanted to dance in the places where little black girls were actually watching. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'll take on a music video before anything else, because we're watching those videos growing up. Mm -hmm. You know, if Juvenile hadn't made, excuse my language, back that Mm -hmm. that thing up, (laughs) I would have never been put in my first ballet class. So I think it's really important that even though we're trying to get into the ballet world, like what is this world that we're even trying to get into? We have to be the world. That's Kylie Jefferson, a contemporary ballet dancer who, by age six, was the youngest dancer to be accepted at the academy level to the Debbie Allen Dance Academy. Since then, she's not only taken the global stage as a ballerina, but she's also a decorated choreographer and just discovered a new passion, acting. Last year, she landed the lead in Netflix's hit ballet drama, Tiny Pretty Things. Kylie, welcome to The Step. Hi, thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Of course, I'm so glad to have you here. So this season, we're kicking off every one of our episodes by asking our guests this question. So I'd like to offer you this. What's one quote, mantra, or piece of advice you find yourself constantly going back to? Hmm. I tell myself all the time that I'm a mermaid and it's based off the saying that life is sink or swim. So I'm like, if life is sink or swim, I am a mermaid, which means that by any means, I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to exceed the expectations. Yeah, sinking or swimming. I mean, that is life presents so many challenges and it's a matter of either rising to the occasion, overcoming the obstacles or sinking. I'm a water person, so I'm like, I'm, I'm happy to swim. All right, well, I'm just going to get right into our super fun questions about your journey. So you were uh, the youngest student accepted into Debbie Allen Dance Academy at the academy level. First, can you give the audience some context around what that means? Well, there's different levels at the Debbie Allen Dance Academy. There's early bird, there's pre-academy, and there's academy. At the time, I don't even think that they had pre-academy or early birds set. So I remember arriving on the big audition day and the age requirement was eight. And I was barely six. And they were like, well, I don't think she can audition. I don't think she can audition. And one woman, I'm still to this day, not even sure who exactly it was, but she said, well, you know what? Let me go ask Miss Allen. And Miss Allen said, well, child, let the girl audition. My name's on the building. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) um, she let me audition and I stood there in first position. And I remember after the audition, she pulled my mom and I aside and she said, this child is gifted and I want her in my dance academy. And from that moment forward, I swear to you, that woman has never let me go. Oh, I love that. I love she saw it. And you at that time, do you feel like you had any inkling that I know there's an age requirement, but I bet I can get in here. Did you feel that then? Honestly, I just remember being so focused on what was going on around me that by the time I got into the room, all I could do was follow directions. Yeah. So you seem to get yourself in a zone and, and everything yeah. else sort of fades away. I, yeah. Because I, at six years old, I had I still didn't know who Debbie Allen was exactly. I just sure. knew I was going to take more dance classes. Sure. OK, well, how do you say that early experience shaped the person you are today? 
top to bottom, I mean, dance has definitely shaped who I am as a human being. And Miss Allen has helped guide me along the journey and kept me safe in the artistic process. So every idea that has come my way or decision, this company or that company, or do I want to dance like this or do I want to dance like that? But most importantly, growing up at Dada has allowed me the tools to be able to do every dance genre possible. And I think it's um, such a valuable experience because something that I do know about myself is I could go anywhere in the world and connect with the people because I can connect to their culture through their dance. Yeah, that's really amazing. That is very special. And you've been doing it for so long now that I, I could only imagine that it shaped so much of who you are and sounds like it absolutely did. And it continues to. Now, did you ever want to be anything other than a ballerina? I know you dabbled in other forms of dance as well, and, and you still do do other forms of dance. But did you ever want to be anything other than a ballerina? Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> especially when I was like a teenager, because I was trying to like, I could do all these other things. I used to really want to be like an editor in chief of a really high end fashion magazine. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. So uh, maybe like now it. I'll change it over to like a dance magazine or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's still possible. You could make that. Yeah. I can absolutely see that happening. Where did you come up with that goal or vision at, at an early age? I always knew I wanted to be in charge, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I think I always knew that I had a very good perspective of the overall view or overall direction of where something needed to go. So that was the position that I would like to take. Even now that I'm dancing and acting and everything else in between, I like the position that I'm in now because these are my decisions. And I'm able right. to say, I want to go this direction or I want to go that one. Hmm, that doesn't really seem for me or this is where I see myself. And honestly, everything that I saw myself becoming as a child, I, I am coming into now. That is amazing. Also to, to know that you like to be in charge. <laughs> Some people like shy away from that and, and stepping into their own power, but just knowing that about yourself, that I want to be in charge. I want to be able to make decisions. I want people to come to me regarding decisions and especially about your own trajectory and career and being able to exercise that I imagine it, it feels when you're like fulfilling a desire in that way the, the sense that people come to you and say what do you want to do here and you can call the shots you're getting to do that now you made your acting debut last year what was that like <laughs> it was like coming into a whole new life when I auditioned for tiny pretty things I had no idea that Nevaeh Schroyer was one of the main characters Mm -hmm. On the audition description, it just said that she had to do ballet and that she would be on every episode. Now, mm -hmm. for me as a dancer, nine times out of 10, we're just we're not pushed to the forefront like that. Right. So I was just like, well, girl, let's see how this goes. It was the first mm -hmm. thing that came my way. I was like, you're in shape right now. Thanks to Pilates. <laughs> and <laughs> I was like, let's just give it a shot. If they want you, they want you. And right. they did. The process wasn't like long and scary or anything like that. It was very straight to the point. Okay, we want to bring them for a callback. Okay, we want to push forward. All this, that, and third. And I remember arriving to Toronto and we started rehearsing and stuff like that before we even filmed. And I remember the first rehearsal, I just kept hearing my name. And I noticed, you know, everybody else would kind of like, rehearse a scene and get a chance to sit down. So I was like, okay, we're probably like three scenes in 
you know, I kind of thought I was going to get a chance to sit down and they <laughs> called my name again. I said, oh, no, I'm, I don't need water. <laughs> no, okay, girl, here we are. Let's show up for it. And, uh-huh. and people kept telling me, oh my God, you're number two on the call sheet. And I had no idea what that meant. No yeah. idea. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm just Nevaeh Schroyer. And uh-huh. as we started filming, I was like, wow, you are here. So yeah. just continue to show up for it. And I, you know, I had to learn how to act really on the spot. I had only taken a few acting classes prior to. So I really had to just take my time and not put too much pressure on myself, but to observe mm-hmm. everyone else around me because everyone else around me had way more acting experience and right. credentials than I have. So that was that was like probably the most educational part about it was learning from everyone else around me. But to also yeah. make sure that I didn't forget what got me in that room, which was my dancing. Right. Yeah. So it was it was a great way to balance it. You know, I had something that brought my confidence and I had something to learn. So it was a great balance there. Right. And now you said you were in shape at the time of the audition because of Pilates. Had you not been um, dancing regularly at the time that you auditioned or or what was that like for you? So I was not dancing as consistently as most dancers do um, because I was working as an assistant. However, at the time, my boss, if I got called for little jobs, um, he would let me work from set. So I would be like dancing on James Corden and in between takes or in between like rehearsals or on our 10 minute breaks, I would be calling, connecting calls. Or when I choreographed Chopsticks for Schoolboy Q, it was literally the same thing. Like I was like five, six, seven, eight. And then I'm on the phone like, hi, I I'm connecting this call or replying back to emails and stuff like that. So I was, you know, when opportunities came my way, I was, I had to make it do what I do and Mm -hmm. (laughs) speaking candidly. And I just, I really had picked up Pilates while I was dancing. So it was something that I just really enjoyed doing on my spare time as an assistant, just to keep my own sanity, my own little Kylie time. So it really worked out for me in that way. And even to this day, like before I go dance, I always, I always take lines. That's great. And I love that you have that routine that you can fall back on and that you've kind of mm-hmm. stuck to as well. So for in tiny pretty things, the ballet world is incredibly competitive. How close is it to real life portrayal, <laughs> would you say, on the show? Um, it can be very, very competitive. It was almost directly parallel to my time at the Boston Conservatory. However, like the dance division director was more so not my friend, but someone who helped guide me and continue on the path that, you know, Miss Allen had helped shaped for me. I think the competitiveness came more so within the classmates or the peers and who wants this part and who's getting that part and stuff like that. So it was always very interesting to navigate and to protect myself throughout that process, but to allow myself to be open and enjoy college as well. And that is something that's really important as you're pursuing your goals and your passions, even if it is a competitive field, to make sure you're present for them and enjoying mm-hmm. and enjoying the journey as well. So I applaud you for having that wherewithal, too, while you were going through that training to know to enjoy it. Um, yeah. What is training for the Netflix show like in comparison to actual ballet and being in Boston Conservatory, being at Dada? What was that like in comparison training for the show? 
thank God I went to the Debbie Allen Dance Academy and the Boston Conservatory because it got me ready for that schedule. Um, <laughs> literally, I mean, wow. Going from gyro or Pilates in the morning for my warm up, then filming a few scenes, then going to rehearsal, then going to a fitting, going back to film another scene or two, finishing the day at three o'clock in the morning, getting back up at 6 a.m. to be on set, you know, 6.37 and to do it all again. I was on go all the time. And I remember saying to myself, God, if you want me to be a superhero, just say that. (laughs) (laughs) But you made it work. You've made it. You've made it work. You've made it look so good. And you've also made it look. And I a true sign of an an excellent artist is making it look effortless. So I think you've certainly done that. So, yeah, you are a superhero. That's why (laughs) we're like, yeah, girl. Like, yeah, you are one. You've said that you wanted to bring classical art forms like ballet more into the mainstream entertainment. Why are you so passionate about that? Because the classical arts are the foundation for everything that we have now. So if the classical arts doesn't find a way to cross over into mainstream entertainment, then what are we going to have 20, 30 years from now? Mm-hmm. I think that's just as important as it is to have hip hop and R&B. I think it's just as important to make sure that we respect and maintain the classical arts. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's, I mean, all of the art we engage in now and consume now is born of classical forms of art. So um, it's certainly an important and noble mission. So thank you for that. Why do you think Black dancers are underrepresented in the classical world? And how can we remedy that? Well, so to say, ballet is an elitist art form. And it's very expensive. I will start there. Um, (laughs) Growing up, because nine times out of 10, if you're in dance professionally you've been dancing your whole life but specifically with ballet you know as a black woman when your body starts to change it makes it harder and then you look around at everybody else and you're like well why isn't her body changing like this Mm -hmm. or you have to really tap into a different part of yourself to overcome those type of insecurities or changes or differences and it's also the culture the culture of ballet Prime example, the quarter ballet, which is usually the ensemble dancers. You have the quarter ballet, you have your principals, you have your soloists. But the quarter ballet, they always wanted that to look the same. So Mm -hmm. most of the girls in the quarter ballet were white. They didn't want that one black girl. But Mm -hmm. times are changing. Sure. Women are women. We're built like women. We dance like women. And I think that we're definitely headed towards that direction in the contemporary classical ballet world right I used to do ballet oh I, I mean a barely, <laughs> but I'm like I'm speaking to a true ballerina here uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> 10 years of that but I do I was 100 oh, wow. percent certainly the only little black girl at the academy mm-hmm. for the duration of that time and so I think what you said about it sort of being an elitist art form and the way that other people and different bodies are excluded from it certainly contribute to underrepresentation in that world. And I think that, you know, it's also something like I remember thinking to myself when I was younger, there's not too many people up there that look like me. So what am I fighting for this for? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to fight my way up there and still be the only one there. So something mm-hmm. for me was always like, I always wanted to dance in the places where little black girls were actually watching. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'll take on a music video before anything else, because we're watching those videos growing up. Mm -hmm. You know, if Juvenile hadn't made 
excuse my language, back that up, back mm-hmm. that thing up, <laughs> I would have never been put in my first ballet class. Right, right. So I think it's really important that even though we're trying to get into the ballet world, like what is this world that we're even trying to get into? We right. have to be the world. Right. There's right. an illusion that we're trying to get into their world. Absolutely not. We made this. I mean, just if you speak about respecting classical art forms, but even those classical art forms inspired by so much of Black and African culture, right. you know? Um, and so just that awareness of it, I think, changes the game for a lot of young Black dancers just to know that and to know their own history and to know, yeah, you're not trying to get into this world, like as you said, like we made it and belong and just seeing that belonging when you spoke about making sure that you are dancing in spaces where young Black girls will see you and be inspired. I think that is really fantastic and very important because people, you've heard it said, representation matters, right? So Mm -hmm. yeah, there's nothing like, you know, seeing for yourself that someone who looks like you did something. There's just no, there's no substitute for that. And, you know, people can tell you, you can do all the things under the sun and you can be anything you want to be, but there's just truly no substitute for seeing someone who looks like you do the thing you want to do. And sometimes you don't even conceive of doing something right until you've seen someone who looks like you do it. Like you said, like Mm -hmm. (laughs) you wouldn't be where you are now if Juvenile didn't make back that ass up. So (laughs) God God bless Juvenile. (laughs) Um, And, and so do you see yourself continuing to like occupy the acting space and and um, and work in that regard and um, being a representative to young black girls in the acting world as well? Yeah, I want to do everything that's for me. So I think so far I've made a, a pretty good pattern of allowing opportunities to come my way and figuring out how to show up for it. You know, mm-hmm. I've faked my way to being an assistant. I've made that work and, you know, (laughs) tiny, pretty things. I made that. I would love to continue to do those kind of things and to see how much further I can push those boundaries. Right. And is there like a dream acting role for you? I know this has sort of come your way in unexpected fashion, but not so much in my mind. I'm like, everything we do prepares us for what's coming our way. If you weren't necessarily thinking about acting, is there a dream role though now that you are in it and entrenched in it and open to it that you'd like to have? I really want to do something like action wise. Like I've been watching the Avengers like nonstop, like the whole series. Mm -hmm. I want to do something like that. Like actually be a superhero. I don't know how that character comes together exactly (laughs) for me, but Mm -hmm. I want to, I want to utilize my, my physicality to its fullest extent. And yeah be something kind of like that that is smart I'd love to see I would I mean not that she has to be a ballerina but I would love to see a superhero that's a ballerina again it doesn't have to be that but I'm, I'm throwing my wishes on to you uh you don't have I to receive it <laughs> <laughs> superheroes do look fun so I totally I do get that so how would you say black dancers and entertainers support and inspire you through your career so as you stand up as an inspiration to so many young Black girls and, and women, frankly, how have Black dancers and entertainers supported and inspired you? I pay a lot of attention to the people who have come before me and how they've navigated through their careers and how that has worked for them or worked against them. Mm-hmm. So I allow myself to learn from the people who have come before me. Right. Even in ways that you probably 
wouldn't think even from like dating inside your field or appearing on screen nude or not, or mm-hmm. things of that sort. I remember filming tiny pretty things like down to what type of underwear I had on because I knew my body from behind would be received different than anyone else on my cast. Mm-hmm. So I was always very, very protective of that. And I'm like, I'm new. I, I'm new into this acting stuff. I can't just bear it all right now, honey. Right, right. <laughs> and I mean, out of curiosity, when you're standing up for yourself in those ways and making sure that you're protected and covered, literally the way you need it, you need to be, was it at any point intimidating for you to have those conversations or step up and say, oh, wait, I, I'd like things to go this way, or I want to do this differently, considering that you were new to the acting space? Did you feel any sense of intimidation? I was very well supported um, by the executive producers on Tiny Pretty Things all across the board. So right. I I was blessed and very lucky in my in my experience with that. But of course, being new and inexperienced definitely in itself was like, is it okay to say this? But I just had to trust myself and say, this is how I feel. I mean, no disrespect to anyone in this room, anyone who's a part of this process. And I hope that that intention always overrides what's actually being said. And it was always heard from that perspective. And I'm good to meet someone in the middle, you know, or just like find some sort of mediation there. But I was very well supported by the, the executive producers of Tiny Pretty Things in that regard. And they really loved on and protected me in that sense. So yeah. I was lucky. Yeah. That is very special. And I'm glad you had that sort of support on that on that set and and such a remarkable and like game changing opportunity. That's really special. So what's one thing you started doing in this last year that you're hoping to keep doing in the new post pandemic world? Mm. Okay, I haven't told anybody this really, but I've started to learn how to DJ. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, thank you for revealing it here. This is special for the yeah. listeners. I don't know. Right now, it's just something that I do at home for fun and, you know, just something else to learn. But yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> okay. Yes. Did you start? Are you teaching yourself or are you taking a course of some sort? Right now, I'm taking the YouTube course because YouTube okay, is a world of education. <laughs> it is. I mean, listen, it's it's truly a resource that I do think is underutilized. There's so much on mm-hmm. YouTube that you can learn from. Uh, and I love that you're taking the initiative to do that for yourself when you're DJing. Cause I'm considering you a legit DJ now. Okay. And I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I know you said you're learning, but I'm like, okay, she's a DJ. Um, when is there is there a certain genre you like to dabble in more? Is it R and B? And if so, like is there a song right now that you're like specifically vibing to? The song that I am just in love with right now is "Come Through" by her and Chris Brown. Okay, okay, oh, I just love that song. <laughs> I love that you love it. <laughs> We're gonna do a quick message from our sponsor and be right back with some rapid fire questions. Your shoes tell a story about not only who you are but where you're heading. Because of that, your footwear should be as bold as you are. That's why Sorel Footwear has designed shoes that define and defy the trends. From classic and sporty sandals to wear all week wedges and platforms, these shoes level up your look, literally. 
So I'm going to hit you with a few this or that style questions. Um, so I don't want you to think, just want you to answer. We'll start with the first one, which is hip hop or R&B. Don't think. R&B. Okay, why? Now because, you <laughs> <laughs> Of course. Well, because in R&B, you still get a little bit of hip hop. So it's a nice balance. And I like to groove when I'm dancing. So I'm always just going to choose R&B because I can get what I need from it. Right, right, right. I'm, I, I flip-flopped here. I used to be all hip-hop and then became R&B. Um, mm. So also there's an evolution that might happen to one. So, you know, <laughs> I, it resonates with me. Um, morning workout or before bed workout? Before bed workout. Okay, why is that? Because you get your body going. So your core, your whole body is still going to be working as you're sleeping. You know, usually they say like, don't eat past like what 7 p.m or 8 p.m sure. because all that stuff just like sits in your body so I'd rather work out before bed because I know I'm gonna wake up a lot more toned right right <laughs> I see the logic there I respect it okay sneakers or sandals sneakers why is that I love to be comfortable I don't care I would go to the club in sneakers <laughs> like I mean I would dress them up but I love to be comfortable okay road trip or direct flight direct flight the quick, comfortable way. Why Why do you say direct flight? Because I like to sleep on the plane. I love to sleep on the plane. Okay. All right. Vanilla or chocolate? Ooh. Okay. Vanilla ice cream, chocolate cake. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love that you. Yes. No, no, just completely uh, circumvented the rules. <laughs> and you're like, Sorry. Oh, no, 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 no. I like that. That's innovative. And I have to, I have no choice but to respect it. But okay. my ultimate weakness is chocolate chip cookies. So maybe chocolate. Okay. 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 <laughs> seems like you, it seems like there's some, some real chocolate love happening for you though. Yeah, so yeah, that's a good choice. Chocolate's good. Could you tell us about a time you were told no um, and how did you push forward anyway? Oh, yes. When I was in college, I think I was sophomore, junior year. I wanted to come home so bad. Mm -hmm. I had enough. I was crying. I was begging. I was pleading. I was calling Miss Allen. I was calling my mom. I was like, just let me take a semester off, please. They both said no. That there was no other words. No, mm -hmm. Kylie, you have to stay. I was so tired of feeling so different or feeling like I was too much of this and not enough of that. And then if it wasn't one thing, it was another about, you know, just so many things. And I said, okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember that semester, I just got like kind of quiet. I started to like be more of a friend to myself as opposed to trying to be friends with everyone else. And it really just woke up like this inner beast. And I remember Dwight Roden had came to choreograph a piece that year. And I wanted to be in Complexions, which is his ballet company, so bad. Mm -hmm. Like when I was 17, I said, if I'm a dance, this is what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. And all of that frustration and all of those tears or, you know, all of the reasons I wanted to go home, I just put into that audition. And honey, when I tell you, I had <laughs> two, two duets, a solo, and I was front and center every single time I danced on that stage. Oh, and, wonderful. And couldn't nobody be mad because I was dancing in a way that you wouldn't go and take my part whether you try to or not. So good luck. Right, right. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And I love that redemption. Do you feel like that's a lesson, though, that has stuck with you through your journey 
in being told no by Miss Allen and your mother. On the surface level, it's against your will, but then really in your core, you're like, okay, them being told no, I have to keep doing this. I think that's a lesson you've carried with you and that has motivated you since then. Yeah, that was, I guess, the beginning of me realizing that you're either going to sink or swim and I'm not here to sink. And that's where the mermaid comes into play. Yes. 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 Well, speaking of that, what's a lesson you've learned from ballet, the art form that you carry with you in other avenues of life, including your acting? The lesson of the process. Ballet is something that you cannot fake. If you have not been in class, your body will show it. So you have to be nice to yourself. Mm -hmm. But wanting to be perfect as ballet often makes us feel um, Mm -hmm. can definitely play a lot of a lot of tricks on your mind and yourself. So it's about sticking through the process and understanding that. Every day isn't going to be the same. Your dancing isn't going to be the same every single day. Your body isn't going to feel the same every single day. Your mind isn't going to feel the same every single day. But to walk into the room and figure out your process to do what you came to do. That's really beautiful. I think that perspective you have on ballet as far as how it in some ways makes us become very acquainted with perfectionism. And we know that can be debilitating and like paralyzing in many ways, but to say that, sure, it teaches us, it teaches us that, or that's where you could find yourself kind of dwelling and is in a perfectionism state, but to say that, oh, the process though, and to be Mm -hmm. okay with the process, that's such a refreshing perspective to hear about the art form, um, even just as a person who consumes and watches and enjoys seeing ballet, that it's, it's the process because, you know, as an audience member, we're getting to see the in a sense, final product, what happens when people rehearse for hours and hours and hours. Um, And we get to see, we get to see and enjoy and consume that. But to enjoy the process is really important. So that is good, sound advice. What advice do you have, though, for young dancers who are pursuing ballet now? I would say be yourself. Don't dance how you think anybody wants you to dance. Definitely take in the information, but just show up for yourself. Yeah. It starts with showing up for yourself. Could I ask, how long do you think it took you? I don't know if maybe perhaps this has always been your narrative uh, as far as like dancing as yourself and being yourself. How long would you say it took you to arrive to a place where you felt like I am proud and emboldened in that way? Because I know it helped you in that audition. That's Mm -hmm. sophomore year of college. But when did you get to that place and how long did it take you to get to that place? Around like probably 17 years old when my body started to fill out a little bit. And then I started doing like college auditions and stuff like that and seeing, you know, the other dancers around me and this, that and third. I was like, you know what? My booty's a little bit bigger. My thighs, (laughs) they're there no matter how skinny I get. But (laughs) at the end of the day, it was like, well... I'm going to use this. So I'm going to add a little booty on that step in ways that you can't. And I guess that I will. And it's going to work for Mm -hmm. me and they're going to love it. Mm -hmm. Um, But that also came in from being able to do other genres of dance, you know, like from having the hip hop under my belt or the African dance or the flamenco. You know, I knew how to like incorporate those styles into my ballet without changing the art form or changing the choreography. So I think that was definitely something that helped me find that confidence. That's really special. I love that when you discovered that there were things that were unique about you as you were pursuing the art form, you didn't allow them to deter you or discourage you. It was like an acceptance of yourself 
and and in turn, I would say even like just being proud of what made you different mm-hmm. and stepping yeah. into that and, and using that to your advantage was really special and important. I think something we could all stand to learn from. Well, Kylie, got to ask you your final question. What inspires you to constantly push yourself to reach new heights? Mm. My younger self, my younger self, she, what a diva, I'll tell you. (laughs) (laughs) She, I had no idea what I wanted to be, but at the same time, I knew everything that I wanted to be. And now I look back, you know, on pictures and I'm like, wow, she is so proud of me. And that's enough. Yeah, that is really beautiful. I mean, because also that younger self is always part of you. And so you can always go back to you can always go back to that and you can always refer back to her and who she is and who she'd hoped you'd be. And to know that she's proud of you is, is really special and important. Man, it's been so wonderful talking to you today, Kylie. Um, Thank you so much for being with us. I am wishing you continued success in all of your endeavors. I hope to see more of you in the acting world. And I can't wait to see you playing that superhero. I know it's coming. Thank you so much. It's (laughs) been a pleasure. Of course, of course. Thank you for listening to the Step by Pop Sugar. A huge shout out to Sorrel making powerful footwear for powerful people. You can find the Step by Pop Sugar at popsugar.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe, share with your friends, and tune in next week. This episode of the Step by Pop Sugar is presented by Sorrel, powerful footwear for unstoppable individuals.